Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. Join us this Sunday at one of our four campuses. Call times are at 9 and 11 a.m. at our Somerville and Remount campuses, 10 a.m. at our North Charleston campus, and 11 a.m. at our Monk's Corner campus. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Larry Burbacher. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit faithishere.org. Welcome to Faith Assembly of God. Great to see you guys today. How's everybody doing? Ready for an awesome time in the Word of God? Take your Bibles out. Turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 62. All of our guests, so good to have you guys here. You're very special to us, and I look forward to meeting you right after the service for just a few moments. Isaiah chapter 62 and verse number 6, and let's stand together this morning for the reading of God's Word. We're learning about what it means to be a watchman what it means to be a spiritual prayer intercessor, how to, how to pray this year. And so I'm excited about what God's doing. If you can come to the prayer meeting tonight, we want you to join us. Let me, while you're looking in your Bible, let me just remind you of one more thing. Uh, this coming week, we, every year, the uh, Somerville Ministerial Association celebrates the celebration of Christian unity. And they'll move around to five different churches. And what we'll do is we'll have a, in that local church, they'll have the liturgy. And then one of the pastors from the area will be preaching. And then that'll be followed by a light lunch. Uh, tomorrow, it is at Brownsville Church of God, right in Somerville near the old West Vaco. And I just mentioned that one because I'm preaching there tomorrow. And I could use some prayer warriors. And it's Martin Luther King Day tomorrow. So many of you have the day off anyway. And uh, some of you can take off lunch and join us. And if you can come and be there, you'll have a great time of fellowship. You know, we, we've got so much in common with the body of Christ. Sometimes we like to talk about our differences, uh, but we got more in common. Uh, Christ is center, his death on the cross, his sacrifice for us, the word of God, one baptism, one faith, one Lord, one spirit. And so we've got a lot in common. And there's a great body of believers all around the low country, and we're going to get together with one another every day at lunch for the rest of this week. And if you can come tomorrow, we'd love to have you. Isaiah chapter 62 and verse number 6. I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest. and Give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Father, right now we come to you. We thank you for your word. We pray, God, today that you will open up our hearts, our minds to receive what your spirit has for each one of us. May your word be engrafted into our hearts. May you raise up intercessors in this body, prayer warriors, watchmen for you who will answer the call and mount the walls. And we'll thank you, God. We'll thank you for your sweet presence. And we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. It was 1917, and the Turks and Arabs were at war in the Middle East. And there was a city called Aguaba, Aqaba. And Aqaba was a city that seemed impregnable. It, it was located on the coast, and they had all their guns mounted towards the, the coastal regions, and so that anybody, any vessels attacking by water or attacking by sea would have to face these huge guns they had positioned over the harbor there. And around in every direction of Agaba laid a, a barren, waterless wilderness. 
It was a desert region, and so it was desert all the way around, and, and they felt like no one could ever attack through that desert area, that desert region. In fact, they, to the east, they say, laid the anvil of the sun. The sun was so hot, it was like an anvil. It would kill anybody who tried to cross that desert, that deadly desert. But Lawrence of Arabia led a force of irregular Arab cavalry across the anvil of the sun. And on July the 6th, 1917, the Arab forces swept into Agaba from the north, from the blind side. And so they attacked that city. And, and, in this, and if you've ever seen the movie, The Lawrence of Arabia, you remember that, that cinematomic where they, where they pan the screens and you see all the camels and all the horses. And Lawrence of Arabia, he's in that uh, white and he's got that hat on. And they're, they're marching across the desert and they're coming to attack that city. And a city they thought no one could ever take down because he came through the desert, they were able to conquer that city. As a result, Agabah fell. The Turkish hold on Palestine was broken. It was later replaced by a British mandate. And now we know that is the nation of Israel who would come and, and eventually have a state right there. The Turks failed to defeat Agab- to defend Agaba because they made two mistakes. Number one, they did not know their enemy. They didn't know who they were fighting against. And number two, they didn't have the right weapons. Because when they crossed, all the guns were faded out, faced out towards the harbor. And so the armies just came and they went right by all their guns. And by the time they realized what was going on, it was too late. They were inside the weapons, they were inside the guns, and there was no way they could stop the onslaught and stop the attack. And so we've got to be on our watch, people. We can't make the same mistake that they made in that city. We've got to have watchmen posted on the wall. Ephesians 6 and verse 12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Listen, we've got to beware of our enemy. There is an enemy out there that's trying to destroy us. There's an enemy that's trying to come into the church. There's an enemy that's trying to come into your families. There's an enemy that comes into our schools. There is an enemy that is on the attack. Now, I want to tell you, as children of God, we don't major on Satan, and we don't study the devil, but as a good soldier, we've got to be aware of the wiles of our enemy. So the watchman neither overemphasizes the enemy, but on the other hand, he doesn't ignore the enemy, because there is a real enemy that's out there to take you down. We follow our loving Savior, and as we follow him, and as we serve him, we remember that he is also a mighty warrior, and through him, the Bible says, I can be more than a conqueror, and so I keep my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that he has won the victory, uh, that the enemy can't take me down, but I'm also not unaware of his tactics, lest I, like I said last week, lest he gain an advantage over us. Watchman posted on the wall. He says, I look for a watchman. He said the watchmen would post on the wall. They were, they were sentries that were there. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 21. Isaiah chapter 21 and verse number 6. This is what the Lord says to me. Go and post a lookout. Have him report what he sees. When he sees the chariots, the teams of horses, the riders on donkeys, the riders on camels, let him be alert 
fully alert. And the lookout shouted, day after day, my Lord, I stand on the watchtower. Every night, I stay my post. Watchman. Now, how does a watchman on the wall of a city function? Last week, we talked about the watchman in the garden and the the guard towers they would post out in the middle of their vineyards and out in the middle of their fields. Uh, How does a watchman operate on the wall of a city? Well, they operate in a couple of different ways. First of all, they act as messengers. They, they watch for messengers who would come to and from this city. They would be on their lookout. They informed the gatekeeper when a messenger was coming to open the gate or, or in some cases maybe keep the gate closed. Uh, but they act as sentries to see who could come in and who could go out. And so they would stand on top of their watchtower. And when a messenger would come in, they would cry out. And let the people know that a messenger was approaching the city. A few weeks ago, Pastor Craig preached. Incredible message. If you missed it, you need to get that CD. It's between Christmas and New Year's. And he talked about the, 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 when the, the troops would go out into battle, the watchman would stand on top of the tower, and he would wait for the messenger to return from battle. If a messenger never came back, it was bad news. It probably meant they had been killed in battle, they had been defeated, uh, and they had lost, their cause was lost, and soon the city would be attacked. Uh, But if a messenger came back and he said, we won the victory, we have won, the the whole city would rejoice because victory had been won. Uh, And that's what we are. We are the evangelists. We come in and we bring the good news uh, and we declare to everybody, Jesus has won. We've won the battle. And so the messengers always looked out for the, the, the watchmen always looked out for those returning messengers to come back into the city. A skilled messenger could recognize, or excuse me, a skilled watchman could recognize the messengers by their running, by their gait, by their stride. They could recognize who the messenger was by the way he ran even before he recognized their face, even before he got close enough to see who it actually was. In 2 Samuel 18, 27, you see this. The running is like the running of Ahamaz. The running is like the running of Ahamaz. He runs like that guy. We know who he is. We can tell by his gait. We can tell by his stride. A seasoned watchman is alerted by the Holy Spirit. Before ever concrete evidence, the Holy Spirit can prick our hearts and let us know whether a messenger can be trusted or not. A watchman are so in tune, they are so in prayer, they are so waiting upon the Lord that they can tell if a messenger is of God or if he is not of God, even before everything can be fully known. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking to his heart. That's called the the word of discernment. He can discern the spirits. He can recognize whether it's a wolf coming in to devour the flock. Or he can recognize whether it's a hireling, the Bible says, with improper motives. And so he can just tell because he has been touched with the Lord. Uh, He's been on the wall. He has been alert morning and evening and noon and night. Uh, He's been waiting on God, and God speaks and reveals himself to a watchman. Uh, When when, uh, Pastor Kyle paused and he said, just take time and listen and wait on the Lord, God wants to speak to you. 
His will is not to be a mystery. God wants to reveal himself to you. And as we watch and we wait on the Lord, God will speak to our hearts through his Holy Spirit. You can tell by the stride that something isn't right. On March 18, 1937, a spark ignited a cloud of natural gas that had accumulated in the basement of the London, Texas school. The blast killed 293 people, mostly children. The explosion happened because the local school board wanted to cut their heating costs. And natural gas was a byproduct of petroleum extraction, and it was siphoned off a neighboring oil company's pipeline to fuel the building's furnaces free of charge. London, Texas never recovered from the blast. And they turned the phrase boomtown into a bitter joke. But the positive effect of the disaster was this. The government passed regulations requiring companies to add odorant to natural gas. The distinctive aroma is now so familiar that we often forget natural gas is naturally odorless. When you smell a gas leak, when you smell gas in the air, gas in the atmosphere, it's because an odorant has been added to the natural gas. Otherwise, you could never detect it with your natural senses. Many of Satan's activities are odorless. They're hidden from our natural senses. We can't always pick it up in the natural realm. You can't always see something out of the ordinary. You can't always hear something out of the ordinary. But God has added odorants to the work of the enemy. And so when we are watchmen on the wall, we can discern through our spiritual senses whether something is of God or not. It's all a part of spiritual warfare. And the more we engage in warfare, the more we engage in a watchman, the more we wait on the Lord, the more God's spirit speaks to our spirit through discernment. Hebrews 5.14, he says, but solid food is for the mature, who because of practice, look at that word practice, have their senses trained to discern between good and evil. False doctrine, division, general destruction of the body of Christ can be averted if the watchmen exercise their senses. Man, have you ever noticed that wives sometimes have spiritual antennas that go up? And, and they work in the natural realm, and they will tell you when, when, when a lady might be talking to you or someone else is sharing with you, all of a sudden their radar goes up, their antenna goes up, and we're just like dumb ox. Uh. And they'll say, you better look out. Her motives aren't pure. Her motives aren't pure. You need to be on guard. You need to guard yourself. And so there's that intuitive sense of the spirit of god in them that they pick up on these things that sometimes just men don't see paul warns the ephesians turn to acts chapter 20 he tells them about what's going to happen into the church and about being on watch and being aware and being on your guard because the enemy would come into the church and try to divide the church and try to destroy the church through gossip through backbiting through slander and so he writes in acts chapter 20 through false teaching, 
Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. In other words, there was a price paid for the church. Don't let anyone come in and destroy what Christ has paid such a high price for. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Be on your watch. Be on the city wall. Don't give yourself any sleep. Watch morning, noon, and night. Remember that after that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Paul, what he was doing is he was serving as a watchman for the church in Ephesus. And he says, I cease not to pray for you morning, noon, or night. He literally put a prayer covering over the Ephesians. I want you to stay on your guard, and I I want you to watch. I want you to be watchmen because savvy's wolves will come in. Now, here's the good news. Evidently, the Ephesians heeded the words of the Apostle Paul because John would write a couple decades later in Revelation 2 and verse 2, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance, writing to the Ephesian church, that you cannot endure evil men, and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you have found them to be false. And so they heeded the words of Paul, and they had their spiritual watchman guard up all the time, and they would not tolerate false teaching or evil men among them. Watchmen. Watchmen on the walls. Intercessory prayer warriors. Those who are in tune with the Spirit of God. Uh, those who, who can sense uh, by their stride uh, the intentions of those who are coming. Watchmen. Watchmen watched for messengers. They also watched for their enemies. When they saw danger approaching, they would sound an alarm. And what they would do is either they would shout out the enemy's coming or, or often they would have a trumpet by their side and there were certain trumpet blasts they could sound uh, and that would alert the, the rest of the city that the enemy was attacking. Remember in Nehemiah, when, he, when he, he would have a watchman by himself who would all points on the wall and they would have their trumpet there and he was going to alert them when they're rebuilding the city walls uh, that we are under attack, we're under siege and they would do that with a trumpet blast and then they would prepare themselves for battle and then they would defend the city in this in a spiritual sense watchmen alert the body of christ to the attacks of the enemy and they sound the alarm intercessors sound the alarm the holy spirit sounds the alarm now listen to me i don't know that we have always done a great job in this area As we look at our country, we look at our schools, we look at what what has happened in our government, we look in our communities, and sometimes we have failed to man our post and serve as watchmen. We've let them come into our gardens and into our cities. Listen to Isaiah 56 and verse 10. He talks about blind watchmen. What a picture. How can a person who is blind physically serve as a watchman for a city he can't see 
And he says, you are like blind watchmen. And I think sometimes that's a description of what we see going on today in America. Mark chapter 8, verse 18, he says it this way. We have eyes, but we do not see. And the reality is we have allowed Satan into our, into our schools, into our government, into our laws. We've been, America has been trying to kick God out of America. Take a, eliminate all prayer, eliminate prayer in public places, eliminate uh, uh, don't say Merry Christmas, now you've got to say Happy Holidays, don't put a manger scene on government property, don't post the Ten Commandments in our schools. Go ahead and kill babies, abort them. And we've allowed all this to happen under our watch, my generation. We cannot deny the reality of spiritual conflict. And sometimes we want to live in this state of denial. But if we live in denial and we say it's not happening and everything's getting better and we're okay and I'm okay and you're okay, if we live in this state of denial, the results can be disastrous. We're like blind watchmen. I found this illustration about a desert nomad who was very hungry in the middle of the night. And he lit a candle. And he'd begin to take the dates and eat the dates. And he would hold the, he would take a bite and then he'd hold that date up by the candle and then he'd see a worm crawling out. And he took that date and threw it outside the tent. Took another date out. Held it, uh, got ready to take a bite and he held it up to the light, the dim light of that candle. And he began to eat that date and he saw another worm crawling out of that date. And he threw it out the tent. But fearing that he might not ever get enough to eat, he just simply blew out the candle and put his hand in and started eating the rest of those dates, worms and all. <laughs> and I, I think sometimes we prefer the darkness of denial to the light of the truth. Because we don't always like what we see. And rather than changing and praying and repenting and humbling ourselves and turning back to God, we just blow out the light of the candle and keep doing our own thing. The truth really does hurt at times. It is still the truth. Denial does not change it. And where Satan has made made gains, uh, we must admit it and determine to take back the territory that he has stolen and taken away from the church. We don't live in denial. We don't live as blind watchmen. Uh, we just get more intense in spiritual warfare and we pray and we seek God and we pray that prayer covering over our families and our schools and our communities and our cities. There are true, two Greek words for watching in prayer and, and they both carry the idea of being to, to be on alert, to stay awake, and to remain sober. Alertness for the child of God is imperative. Uh, uh, let, me, let me give you an illustration. This is from Pearl Harbor in and, uh, December 7th, 1941, 755. The, the, the thing about Pearl Harbor is there were many warnings that went out before the Japanese ever attacked. It's a tragic picture of a failed watch and failed watchmen. The U.S. officials and commanders failed to pay attention to the critical weeks and days prior to Pearl Harbor. In meetings with both the Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of the Navy and the President, 
Admiral Richardson of the Pacific Fleet alerted the, the U.S. of dangers of an incoming attack and how vulnerable they were at Pearl Harbor. He was wary the Japanese would realize the U.S. military's vulnerability and would act quickly to take advantage of the situation. But his warning was ignored. The commanders at Pearl Harbor, Admiral Kimmel and Lieutenant General Short, were alerted of impending danger on October 16th, on November 24th, and on November 27th. Not believing attack was possible, they left the entire fleet moored in the harbor. Some personnel were allowed to go to shore on leave prior, four hours prior to the attack on Pearl Harbor. A U.S. destroyer in the Pacific sighted a Japanese submarine, but because there was no warnings that had gone out, he just thought it was a submarine out there on patrol, and he never said a word. He never told anybody. An Army private was practicing on the radar, and he saw on the radar screen all these planes coming towards Pearl Harbor. When he told his superiors what was taking place, the superior said, well, that's just our B-17s. They're coming from the United States. They're circling around. That's okay. Don't worry about it. There are planes. As a result of their failure to heed the warnings, 2,300 servicemen were killed at Pearl Harbor. 1,000 were wounded. Two battleships were destroyed. Six others were heavily damaged, and 150 planes were destroyed. The Japanese, in the meantime, lost 100 men and only 29 planes. The lack of alertness, a false estimation of the enemy's capabilities and intentions resulted in the devastation. They failed to pay attention to the warnings, uh, and they allowed the enemy to come in and be successful. That is why, listen to me, we have got to be alert, we've got to be watchful. Jesus tells the disciples in Matthew 26 and verse number 41, keep watching and praying. Keep watching and praying. In Colossians 4 and verse 2 in the King James Version, it says, continue in prayer and watch the same with thanksgiving. Watch, pray, be my watchman, get on my walls, make that prayer covering. We watch and pray the Holy Spirit then will cause us to see things in the supernatural and observe those things that need prayer. Proverbs 29 and verse 18 says this, and it's in the, reading from the King James Version. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now the word for there for vision in the Hebrew language, is not just uh, making plans for the future. He's not talking about where there is no plan for the future, where there are no goals or aspirations, uh, where there are no dreams. Uh, he's talking about a mental sight or a vision or a revelation or an oracle. In this verse, it refers to any kind of communication from God to us. And so he says, where we are not hearing from God the people perish. Where there is no revelation from God, the people perish. The word perish literally means to make bare or naked. In other words, it's from the Hebrew word para. 
It's the same word that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai from getting the law, the Bible said he saw the Israelites para. He saw them naked before their idols. He saw them in fornication, immorality, and of course you know the anger that came over Moses in that moment, in that time. And he saw them uncovered, worshiping the golden calf. Now I want to tell you about a word, and and you may have heard it before, I've already used it. It talks about a prayer covering. How many have ever heard of that phrase, a prayer covering? Without a word from God, without a revelation from the Lord... He says, my people remain uncovered. As watchmen, what we do is we watch and pray. We can literally put a prayer covering over our families. By the way, next week, I want you to be here. I'm going to talk about praying for our families and how we cover our children in prayer and how we cover our families in prayer. We literally provide a prayer covering over a person or over an event. Because we've sought God, we've prayed, we've waited on the Lord, and that prayer covering is there that will keep the enemy out, that will keep the serpent out of our garden. Without a covering, we create a vulnerability to the attack of the enemy. Because the watchman is not heeding the warnings. He's not looking out. He's not at his post. He's a blind watchman. To do this effectively, we have got to have the prompting of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So without communication from the Holy Spirit, he says, my people are uncovered. There's no covering for them. If we as watchmen are paying attention, the Holy Spirit will make us aware of Satan's devices and his attack and his attempt to destroy. Then I can take action. Then I know how to pray. Pay attention. Watch and listen. The crafty one, wily coyote, wily serpent, is seeking to destroy lives and hinder the work of God. The good news is he is no match for the Holy Spirit. He's no match for God. And God, the Holy Spirit, wants to partner with you in spiritual warfare, in taking back territory, in in providing that covering for those we are responsible for to keep our gardens and protect our cities. I want to challenge you this year. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Let's pray for our families. Let's put that prayer covering over our families. Let's watch and pray. Let's pray for faith assembly. Let's pray that the enemy will not come in. Uh, let's pray there will not be deceiving spirits. Uh, there will not be false teachers. Uh, there will be correct doctrine. Uh, there will not be division in the body of Christ right here at Faith Assembly of God. Uh, we need to, to put a prayer covering over our church. Uh, we need to put a prayer covering over our community. Uh, we need to begin to pray for our schools uh, and lift them up before God. Uh, a prayer covering as we watch and pray as we hold our positions on the walls listen to me testimonies are waiting to be created there are going to be testimonies coming alive all over this place because we have watched and prayed. A generation of youth is ready to be born again. They need to find their purpose and mission in life, what they have been looking for and what they can't find in this world. 
Dry bones are waiting to have breath breathed back into them again. Oh, can these dry bones live again? Yes, Lord, you know they can. Spirit of God, breath of God, sweep across this area. Bring revival. Bring a move of God. Bring a, bring a harvest. Homes are waiting to be healed. Addictions are waiting to be broken by the power of God. And untold millions are are waiting to hear the gospel for the very first time. Are we going to watch and pray? Hebrew Cain in the San Francisco Chronicle makes this statement, and I close with this. And this is so powerful. Listen to it. Every morning in Africa... A gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed. Every morning a lion wakes up. It knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter whether you're the lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you'd better be running. Isn't that great? When the sun comes up, you'd better be running. Listen, how does the church run the race? We run on our knees. We run in prayer. We run in spiritual warfare. We run on our knees. Listen, church, we've got to find our place on the wall. We've got to be watchmen. God has called us to be watchmen. He's called us to be intercessors. He's called us to be prayer warriors. We have this whole arsenal of of spiritual weaponry at at our disposal, and yet are we using that? Are we taking advantages of the spiritual weapons God's given us? Or are we trying to survive on our own wit, our own might, our own strength? I want to tell you, you you will fail. Listen, God loves you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to direct you. He wants you on that wall. He wants you so in tune to the Spirit of God that you can discern even by a person's gate through the Holy Spirit whether they're of God or not. It's that ability he's given us in spiritual warfare. Are we going to man our post on the wall? Are we going to guard the gate of who comes in and who goes out? Are we going to be on watch for the attack of the enemy? Are we going to go to warfare and take back the territory the enemy's taken? I want to challenge us. Let's do it this year. Let's do it this year. Tonight, we're going to, we're going to have watchmen. We had, a, we had a great time. There was a, a many of you that made it up to Monk's Corner last Sunday night. We had a great time in prayer with Pastor Andrew at that place and praying over that region and praying against the principalities of the heirs and, 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 and just believing for freedom in Monk's Corner. We're going to do the same thing tonight at our North Campus at 6 o'clock. If you can join us, come and pray. But, but whether you can make it or not, listen, let's not... Prayer! That's where it's at. Where we need to be. We'll spend time in prayer. God will speak to our hearts. Thanks for listening to this weekly podcast. Check out faithishere.org for podcasts and videos of our previous messages.